Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your producer and host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the creator and gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. The new year starts with the 101, or the beginner guide, for NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all those metaverse and Web3 topics we keep hearing about. We are all going back to school on Culture Factor to understand this decentralized economy. From creator coins to the tax implications of selling crypto, let's unpack these emerging technologies in really simple terms. Join me and feel free to send in your questions. Would your brand like to sponsor Culture Factor? It is your opportunity to be a part of a podcast that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 89 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com. Subscribe to Culture Factor and share with a friend now. Okay, let's start with our class. Let's get our next guest on. Hello, Culture Factor family. Today I have Steve Ryan with me. He is a best-selling author and is featured often in many high publications like Forbes, which he recently has an article, and I will attach that to the podcast. Um, I wanted you to also know that he's a singer and songwriter and will hopefully serenade us on the way out here. He's a podcaster and entrepreneur, but more importantly, he's a community builder. And he is really building something special, a documentary called NFTs for Freedom. So we're going to dive deep into that as well. So let's just get on with our show. So hi, Steve. Hey there. How are you, Holly? I'm doing really well. I was waiting for your your laugh and your smile, and uh, you brought it. <laughs> so I would like to just jump right into some really cool questions about what you're creating. So NFTs are spawning a movement. We're seeing this, and we're all part of it in some way. And you've been living in social audio, identifying this between Clubhouse and Twitter. So what projects are you seeing that contribute to this movement? And what does NFTs for Freedom aim to do? Okay. So when you say what projects are you saying, are there any specific NFT projects in the community that is going well, you've, on? I, you had identified at one point um, a project to me that you felt was indicative of what the NFT movement should be. And, um, so maybe you can share that. Yes. Um, well, the, the, the main project is the documentary project. Um, this is the first project under NFTs for freedom. And what this project is doing is, uh, is reaching people all over the world, all different walks of life. Um, so many different industries, uh, is, is a really, really good, uh, community, uh, project to where people will get to see real people with real stories. You know, like for example, there's this eight-year-old kid who's a leukemia survivor and he does NFTs to support his family and he's from Thailand. His name is Big Deepak. So um, so we have people like him and then we have also, uh, you know, like Money B, uh, who's from Digital Underground and Digital Underground, they were responsible for Tupac Shakur rising to fame. So it, it ranges from, you know, everyday people to some high profile people, you know, so that we can see why are they in the NFT space? What's going on? What is this community really like? Because 
a lot of the opinions of of mainstream says NFTs are just JPEGs or money grabs or you know all these other negative things, and they're not really seeing the community factor, and they won't see it unless they're in the community. But how can they come into the community if all they're being exposed to is just either negativity or you know, money, 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 money. That's all it is. You know, it's, it can be very discouraging. So we're showing a different side of the NFT community and, and like what really is the thread that holds people together. So because, you know, regardless of why someone comes into the NFT space, the community is one of the top reasons as to why a lot of people stay. A good percentage of people. I would I've never seen a community like it. <laughs> You know, is is that's why it's addictive because it's like people actually care about each other's well-being. You know, they actually want to grow together and move forward. And NFTs give gives us the power to actually grow together. Whereas outside of the NFT world, it's almost as if, from my opinion, society has set us up to compete against each other. And it's all about, you know, who's on this or who's on that and who's doing this or that. Whereas with the NFT world, we can do projects together. We all can benefit together. It's, it's really more of a inclusiveness. So, I agree with you. I, I think what makes me so sad is that I think people who are still thinking in a Web 2 mentality in terms of like how data can work for them, how they can create funnels and, you know, emails that constantly like hit you over and over again. Um, it's like a land grab, right? Um, and I love that NFTs could be something else if it could just be communicated. And I think that's what you're trying to do. Is that correct? Wait, I'm sorry. Say that last part one more time. I, I think you're trying to communicate like how NFTs can be something other than a land grab, like to try Absolutely. and just make money. Right. So, Absolutely. so, so let's just, let, let me move the conversation a smidge. So you saw this NFT movement and you saw what it could be and it kind of, you know, birthed the idea of your documentary. Um, how, how did you move towards the idea of creating a documentary? What do you, what do you hope will happen with it? And um, maybe like a third tier of that question would be, how do you envision it for social good? Oh, those are all awesome questions. Well, the first part, it, it may take me a little bit longer to answer, but I'll take as long as you want. Okay. <laughs> as far as how did the whole documentary come about? It was so organic. It was not a plan of, hey, I'm sitting down and this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I already have a podcast. So what, you know, different people in the community was wanting to come on to the podcast. And but my show is so booked out that it's like I had all these, you know, all these podcasts, all these people. And so that's when the idea came up like, hmm, maybe maybe something need to be done that can make this, you know, you uh, what's the word unique. Um you know, talk about the community, like somewhere in there between some dreams and gut feelings, you know, it, it, it birthed the idea of the documentary. And so I went back to everyone and, and I told them, you know, the idea of the documentary and they were all in. Every single person was all in, like, let's do it. You know, what do you need? That was pretty much the, the general responses. And then at the same exact time, um, 
Galatsis, which is also known as Ether Cards, um, they, they came across my radar. Um, they did get in touch with me. We started having some conversations. I met with the founder, well, one of the founders, because they have a few founders. And they were telling me how they wanted to bring a self-service platform to the community. And I was inquiring why at the time. And at the time, they wanted to give people more independence. Uh, and this all would tie together. You know, because right now, if someone wants their own marketplace on their own website and sell their own NFTs, they have to find a developer or they have to, you know, I know there's some other options out there, but it's it's not in a straightforward, easy way. And so what EtherCards is doing is bringing a platform that will be low cost, you know, very easy to use. You don't have to know coding. Um, and so they were talking to me about, you know, what the community would think about that and, and things. And so I gave them my feedback. We we developed a relationship. Um, I told them about the documentary and I suggested to them that, you know, so that the public can get to know them, too, that, you know, I get to know them, you know, through making a documentary with them as well. So you have all these stories of of of, of people over here and then you have EtherCards which is now Galatsis over here to the right. So we combined all of this and eventually it turned into an NFT project. And so the idea in my mind was, okay, all these people can benefit, all these different people from the community, not just people in the documentary, but another cool thing that we're doing that's very unique, the NFT collection is a, is going to be a collection from different artists and photographers from the community. And what we're doing is turning that into a generative project. It's going to be very, very, very cool because it won't be like, oh, you have only apes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it won't be that type of project. It's going to be very unique, very culturally diverse, very much different themes. There will be some rarities in it. Um, the collection will be 11,111. And the reason we chose that number is because that represents spiritual new beginning because we see the nfts as a spiritual new beginning uh, an economical new beginning it, it's going to really provide people freedom to build their own legacies it, it really helps eliminate gatekeeping and so the purpose of this project is to be the first project um, of many projects that will aim toward achieving that goal and the way that we're going to do this, um, it gets a little bit more detail, but I'll try to wrap it up in case you have some other questions. But <clears throat> what we want to do and what we're doing now, a lot of people speak different languages. Some people don't speak English at all. A lot of the NFT information is in English, especially if it's Ethereum or, you know, or major projects. And that is a barrier to entry for people who don't speak English or don't speak it well. And so what we've been doing, uh, mostly on Twitter spaces, and, and, and we do it outside of it as well, is we'll translate things. We'll get that translated uh, from English and, you know, to people who don't speak English. And then we also get their information, you know, what they're doing, their projects, even if they're one of one artists. Um, and for those who don't know, one of one artists is just artists who are creating, you know, digital art. And we'll take that and, and present it to English communities, you know, to communities that speak English so that they have a voice. Um, we also are wanting to help people with disabilities. Like if someone is deaf, they can't take advantage of the social audio in the way that we can, that we can hear. 
So what we're doing is we're wanting to make sure that people who who have these barrier to entries and that that wouldn't have a you know a, a true fair opportunity that they're bought an opportunity. So the documentary is also going to give us the resources as well to do that. Now there's some other more components to this that will answer your other question about the social good. Um, as far as the social good piece, uh, what we're going to do with the documentary um, after the sale of it is we want it translated into as many languages as possible. Um, the idea is not just subtitles, but actually having two different voices like male and female uh, for each language to actually go through so that, you know, it, we're trying to sync it as, as best as possible. But as they're seeing people talk, they can hear it in their language. And what this is going to do is give mass exposure to what is the heart and soul of the NFT community. And not only that, the documentary also addresses like, what is an NFT? What's some security things? We have security people on it as well. Like pretty much if someone was coming in and, and saying, I want to know what an NFT is. I want to understand all of this. This documentary will be like a, an onboarding a tool that they can use to actually not only learn about what an NFT is, but who are some of the people that are doing NFTs and why are they doing it? You know, like think about the eight-year-old kid who's a cancer survivor. Like his family lost their house. They lost, you know, they're in Thailand. They lost everything. And and the NFTs is actually keeping food on the table. It's actually, you know, it's actually helping them. I mean, I think they're staying with relatives or something right now, but it's a very, very crowded place. And the NFT sales, even though it may not be a lot of money to people in countries like the U.S. and in other uh, first world countries, one sale is like a whole great deal to them because they're in a third world country. You know, or there's other people who are from Africa who who don't have electricity a lot of the times. Like if you look up Lagos, Nigeria, you know, one of the people in the documentary, he's a photographer from there and he's he's using NFTs to try to find a way out of there so that he can move somewhere else to, to have stable electricity. So, I mean, these are things that if 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 we're in a, a country like, you know, like the U.S. here, we don't normally have to think about these things on a regular basis, like will we have electricity, you know, and things of that nature. I mean, I know we have bills and other problems, but NFTs is opening a, a, a powerful way. But how else would they have done this without it? it? It would have been incredibly difficult. So the social good factor of this is once the mainstream can see that, wow, NFTs are this powerful, wow, NFTs can actually be used as a tool to so that we all can build legacies, so that we all can maybe look at, are we doing what we want to do and not what we have to do? That in itself is a huge mindset shift. And so in my personal opinion, you know, giving people that freedom, that's gonna help society a great deal. I know I was all over the place there. No, so no, no, it's answer. beautiful. It's beautiful. You're a motivational speaker, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, wow, where do I begin? Because there's so much good stuff here. Um, I feel as though this documentary is creating like a blueprint for what Web3 could look like. Yes, you got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited that <laughs> we're both excited. Um, I'm so you spoke of ether card also known now as Galaxis. Is that correct pronunciation? Yes. Um, yes. I think it's so interesting that they are creating a platform that's a no code platform. You know, there's already uh, difficulty for most companies and most people building uh, collections and communities to find developers and find people who speak in code, which is another language that you're going to have to like, <laughs> along with all the other languages you're breaking down for people, there's another language right there. Um, I think it's really cool that they're offering some sort of platform. So let's dissect that a little bit. How would their platform work within the confines of what you're sharing in your documentary or that 11,111 NFT generative collection? Well, as far as their platform is, is separate from the documentary itself. The documentary is, is pretty much showing the world who they are. Um, you know, like I found out a lot of things about them that, that they don't really post up publicly, like the charity work and things that they're not making a, uh, they don't make a, a huge public deal about it. Um, I had to independently find these things out and just how, you know, when you have conversations with the founders, you know, how they actually truly want to help people. Um, and so the platform itself is, is separate from the documentary and what that's going to do. I don't know all of the details as far as like, you know, what will the cost be? What, you know, how will it work? Will it be upfront or will it be back in? Um, I, I, those are some great questions that I hope they will answer um, when they when they have their launch and, and have some AMAs, because those are definitely some questions I would like to know as well. <laughs> so, but the, the, the key for it is take, for example, the OpenSea incident that happened where, um, you know, OpenSea had came and said, okay, if you have more than, I forget the number of items in your collection, you can't list on here. Like it has to be a certain number, but then they reversed it. Uh, I forget, I don't know if it was 2,500 or 50. I, I can't remember the number, but that was an eye opener for a lot of people that was using OpenSea even for larger collections, you know, that they were manually doing. It was like, wow, like, you don't own the smart contract. Like they can pretty much dictate whatever rule they want to dictate is their smart contract, their platform. So what happens is being able to do a platform on your own website that gives you control of your brand. It still will have secondary on like OpenSea and I believe some other choices, but it gives true, um, I don't want to say the word decentralized. It's a better word than that. It gives you that true independence of not having to depend on, a, you know, on, on a platform. Do you mean like democratization? Yes. Yes. Because if you're able to, let's say, Holly, that you say, okay, I want to do my NFT collection and you want to do a culture factor NFT collection, you know, and let's say there was not this option and you didn't want to find a developer, you didn't want to, you know, go for code, then the most prime place to go is either OpenSea or Crypto.com or somewhere like that, or Coinbase if you're lucky enough to get on there early. But let's let's take the OpenSea scenario. If you're actually creating your NFTs on there, 
you know, and, and that's your primary sales, not the secondary, but when people are first initially buying it, which we call minting, then if your whole collection haven't sold out and it's still there, if OpenSea wants to come and say, hey, you know what, even though you have that thousand, we're only going to allow 500, they can do that. It's in there. But if you were able to do this on your own website, someone can't come along and say, we're going to change this and shut it down because because, you know, the smart contract will be yours. It will be generated by by uh, that EtherCards platform. It will generate it. You will own it. So even if you didn't even associate with EtherCards anymore afterwards, you still own your own smart contract. You still own your collection. You still own what's going on on your website. That's really it's cool. All, that gives you such autonomy. Is that, that's the word I was looking for, autonomy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're so awesome with words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that that was the word because a lot of times when when I hold these marketing um, you know, spaces and things and, and coaching sessions, a lot of time and, and this is pertinent to what you asked. A lot of people will come and say, well, how do I build community or how do I do this better or that better? And the first thing that I noticed that most people are not doing, they're not building their brand. Uh, maybe, you know, some can't afford it. Some just don't know. For whatever reason, they they tend to direct traffic to their OpenSea collection or their foundation collection or their discourse instead of directing traffic to their own website. And that's why I say, okay. It's like the McDonald's effect. That's that's I wrote that in a book somewhere um, about the McDonald's effect, which is they're everywhere, <laughs> but their brand is central. So if someone has their own website, every time someone goes to that profile, regardless of where they're at, whether they're on Clubhouse, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever, if everyone's always going to your website, that's your brand. That's you know that is autonomous. You know that is. Even if the, the platforms go down or suspend your account or whatever, your your community can still find you on your website. Now, the missing link right now for most people who is in the NFT space is being able to have their own NFTs on their website. So now having something that can give you that um, a way to do that without knowing coding and without having to figure out, can I trust this person? Can I trust that person? That really is liberating because it's not about trying to trust a developer. You know, they have EtherCards have a very strong reputation. They've been around even before NFTs. They did work with like the Ethereum Foundation. Um, it's, I believe their website is still up at ether.cards. Um, I know the Galaxis, G A L A S I S dot X Y Z, that site is always is also up as well. But They've done work mostly with like, you know, more higher profile NFTs like Steve Aoki, Mike Tyson, um, you know, some others like that. Um, and then the thing is, is that they have that reputation that they've already established. So for them, it was more important to do something for the community and for the community to get to know them and trust them. That was more important for them, and that's why they chose to not only participate in this documentary project, but they're they're partnering up with it. Meaning, like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna help market it. They're gonna help, um, you know, they didn't charge us any upfront cost or anything. They took care of all that. They made this possible to where we can do such a large payout that we're doing. 
you know, to, to, to so many people is, is, I don't know the exact number, but it's definitely over 200 people involved in this project. Is it 200 artists that are producing the 11,111 NFT pieces? Uh, no, no. When I say over 200, meaning uh, participants in the documentary and artists, I don't know the number. It could be like much higher. Uh, I'm just going on the number in my mind of like, how many, how many, um, how many hello signs have I signed? (laughs) 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 You know, we're still behind in terms of that because, you know, before, before, you know, it's a lot more people that we're, we're trying to pack on in a short amount of time that already have submitted work and they're interested, but we wanted to make sure that we're taking care of everybody who's already involved first and then open up the gate for some more to come in that we can pack on at the tail end. So that's why I kind of paused that piece of it for now, just to get everyone else situated. Um, but we're going to be resuming that very, very shortly, very quickly. You're a busy guy right now. That's a huge oh, yeah. undertaking. <laughs> but I'm not alone. It's, it's a wonderful team of people helping. I mean, it really, really is. It's, um, you know, NFTs for Freedom has been trending on Twitter since like the beginning of January. So people really do believe in this movement. Um, they're a part of it. So, and they're spreading it, you know, because they, it, it represents having a real shot, you know, and, and I do want to mention one thing, and this is not to, I'm not a negative person, but I like to be a realist uh, person as well as motivating and positive. Now, you know, is there some bad things in the NFT space? Absolutely. There's bad things in every industry, every space, um, things like rug pulls, um, you know, or. Uh, people trying to scam people and, you know, and then some people who have some elitist attitudes to where it's like, oh, if you can't afford an ETH and buy my ape, then you can't come into our community. So there's that side of things. So what we're what we're doing on NFTs for Freedom side is saying, hey, you don't even have to own any, any NFTs to be in our community. Like, you know, if you have your own project, let's support you. If you, you know, whatever's going on, we even have like today, like on Tuesdays, we have practice your English spaces. Um, it was one earlier today. And, it's, and, and the whole point of that is for people to come in and practice English conversations. We actually have real teachers and people who are not teachers that just want to help. And, you know, that's helping community. That is actually being inclusive. Like in my mind, and I know this may this may come across a little bit um, rough, but I have to say it. I feel like it's not enough just to speak the words, we want to be inclusive. To me, if people really want to be inclusive, they need to go and reach out to the people that they're trying to be inclusive of and give them a, a, a hand, a helping hand to say, come on, we got you. Let's guide you along the way. Come on in. It can't just be, oh, we're going to be inclusive. We're, we're about community and we're just going to say we're that, but we're not going to take any actions. We're just going to be in our own bubble. That's not enough. So what we're doing is we're going out. We, you know, we, we go to the communities that's not speaking English. We, we, we're actually doing these things now. We're not waiting for a project to launch. So you're, you know, you're like people, building the plane while flying it, right? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> and and not, and not to put too many sayings out there, but I do know what you're saying. There's a lot of people that talk the talk because they love the optics. They love to, to be seen as saying that they believe in inclusivity and, and helping people. But there's a difference between people who actually walk the talk. And it sounds like you're just, you just dove right in and started doing it. Absolutely. Like e- even if someone goes to our discord, you, you'll see there's Korean in there, Chinese, Japanese. I mean, it's all kind of Greek, Italian. It's so many. And, it's, it, it's, and everything in there is like a resource center. People are helping people. They're putting up their projects and collections and supporting it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more community focused, more so than project focused. And so, that's what we're about. So I, I just have to tell you, like, I basically had to just like throw my questions on the floor because we've gone in such a different direction. <laughs> than I intended, but I love it. Um, hello improv, right? Um, what are, what are you, okay. So you didn't really know exactly what you were building. You, you knew you were starting something. It is a movement, right? NFTs are a movement. Your documentary, documentary is capturing a certain story, a certain vision, a certain direction you want to go. Um, it's, does it feel like a paradigm shift for you? And like, what do you think's going to happen at when you're done with it? Well, as far as a paradigm shift for me personally, I, I don't, I don't feel like it is because even before NFTs, this is who I am. Like if anyone looks me up, Google me, look up my past stuff I've done. This has been, this is my life. And one of my dreams have been, you know, to build up enough uh, wealth and acquire enough businesses to where I can start these funds and actually help people. Like, let's say it's a, you know, a single parent that I'm not saying it's exclusive to this, but I'm just giving an example. It can be a single parent, a single mother, single father. You know, they have two or three kids, um, but they, they don't have a good paying job, so they have to work two jobs they hardly see their kids you know what i mean and and to where let's say they wanted to start their own business or they wanted to go to college to get a better paying job it would be nice to have a fund that can actually you know pay pay for their college or maybe cover enough of their expenses to where maybe they can work part-time so that they have more time with their kids and have time to work toward freeing themselves up you know and one thing that's dear to me uh, is that you know my father passed away and i i was really 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 um, i was upset and depressed for a very long time because growing up i hated him because he was never home um and whenever i did talent shows and things like he was he was just never there and i thought he didn't love me i i you know i was a kid how was i supposed to know so as i got older um you know it i got to a point where i was like okay the past is the past let me you know, let me try to get close to him. And thankfully I did. I mean, not as close as I would like to have gotten closer, but we were on our way to getting closer. Um, and then, you know, when, when he was dying, um, you know, he, he communicated that he was proud of me and things. And, 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 you know, it was just, all I wanted was just like more time. And I wish I could have gone back in time and, and knew that, or let me put it this way. After he died and I went through his financials and stuff like that, 
I, I saw how bad of a shape he was in financially, even when I was a kid, like he had records from way, you know, just for a long time. And it's like, if I had, I known that I wouldn't have hated him for the amount of time that I did. That was time that I could have had time with him. And so I don't want other people to have to go through that with their loved ones, because if, if you're a parent and you have kids your kids are not going to understand that you're working hard so that they have a roof over their head. All, only thing they're going to know is mommy and daddy is not there. Mommy and daddy don't love me. That's all they're going to know. So how does that tie into the paradigm question is it's always been on my heart to find ways to, to help, you know, help people so that they, they can have those precious times with their family so that they can spend their life doing things they enjoy doing and not spend their lives doing jobs and things that they're miserable at. You know what I mean? So, and, and so coming into the NFT world, it, it really has elevated that because now it gives the ability to, to do it on a larger scale faster, you know, because I mean, you know, I'm not broke or anything, but at the same time, I'm not at the place that I want to be to be in a position to help as many people as I want to help. Um, so I can only help people as much as I can on a smaller scale. And so the vision for NFTs for Freedom is, you know, to do project after project after project. I would love to do a thousand projects. And every single project is a similar template. Um, it, it has to help a lot of people, not just in the NFT community, but outside of the NFT community as well. Um, now, of course, this first project, is mostly helping you know people within the community, but afterwards we want the projects to do both, because at that point we would have established a track record. That's that's really my goal and, and purpose of this first one is to establish a track record so that people can see like, wow, they said they were going to do this, they did it, and so now oh you have another project and we saw that you did right with with the first project. Oh, we're all on board now. And so, you know, to me, I, I see it as like this NFTs for Freedom as like this movement, this organization that to where, you know, different people are going to come along the way and have different ideas of who to help. And, and to me, let's help them all. But we have to have the resources. So... I know I was a little long-winded. I got a little passionate there. But no, I love it. I love it. I always <laughs> love the passion. I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes. That nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. You know, if part of the resources are uh, like EtherCard, Galaxis, providing um, smart contracts and like a self-service platform that could be on your website, you know, that's one piece of that autonomy and freedom we spoke of, um, and then being able to create the art. Um, I think, you know, I try and teach my culture factor community about NFTs cause I'm pretty new to it too. And, and just trying to understand it. Um, 
there's a legacy model that is built into that contract, into that structure. Um, do you want to talk about, maybe you can share a story of somebody that is building uh, one of the NFTs in this generative collection and how they are building that legacy model to serve their needs, which might be their own, um, you know, something that they care about, or it could just be putting food on the table. Um, do, do you have a story maybe you could share or an example? Well, that's a very, very great question. Um, the first thing, uh, you know, assuming we're talking to an audience that may not be as familiar, with NFTs, you have a thing that's called primary sales and secondary sales. And primary sales is when the NFT is first sold. Um, another word for that, we call it minting. So rather you're a project or even if you're just um, just an everyday artist who's not doing a project, but you're just doing um, art pieces here and there, you know, when that piece is initially sold, that's called a primary sale. Now, here's where the NFT space gets a bit different and open up these legacy building opportunities like your question just mentioned. Let's say that I buy your piece for a thousand dollars. I know it's not in dollars, but just for you know mm -hmm. <laughs> explanation's sake. Okay, so now you're an artist, you've made a thousand dollars for your piece. All right, so a year later or six months later, you know, you've been popping, you've been doing some work, you you're building a name, like more people is wanting your work. So now I go and sell the piece that I bought from you for ten thousand. Now when you get a royalty on that, um, which is uh, secondary sales, let's say your royalty percentage is 10%. That means every time your work is, is sold, you're getting 10% of that. And this is after that first initial sale. So now if I sold the work that I bought from you for $1,000, I sold it for 10000 Now you're getting $1,000 of that. And now I just made an $8,000 profit. And now I really, really love you as a community member because I've made you money and I've made myself money. So it, it really imagine, you know, if, you know, I, I hate this scenario, but I know it's inevitable, you know, for us, you know, but uh, leaving it to generations, leaving it to kids and grandkids. And, you know, because right now, the people who come into this world that are born into the wealthy families, they're benefiting in a similar way. Because their family owns stocks, they own, you know, they own Walmart, they own some of these other things. So they're already coming into the world with income ready to generate. So their life growing up is different than the majority of the population. Their life growing up is more of, okay, go to college, get a job. But conversations in wealthy families is much different. It's more of what do you want to do? Or, you know, you know, let's figure out what you want to do and then let's find a way to capitalize on it. It's, it's, it's more passion driven. It's more they're going to do what they want. I'm not saying it's every scenario, but what NFTs is doing when it comes to legacy building is imagine you've, you, you are an artist and you've, you've done this with 10,000 pieces over time, or let's say a thousand pieces, whatever. And it's, and it's trading. People are buying and selling. That means now that's providing future income for you and your family and, and you know, and anyone that you want to leave uh, inheritance to, you know, is providing for that. 
is is essentially uh, setting up a royalty-based system. So now I will preface it with this: um, OpenSea is is one of the places that have that uh, that model. Um, I know there are some other platforms that don't necessarily have that model. Not to make this too complicated, this is why it all boils down to the smart contract. Because with this being implemented in the smart contract, you can lock in that legacy building. I love that we actually can look to history in a positive manner and say, that's really smart that people of wealth who owned stocks or whatever um, had the ability to um, transfer their wealth, to create legacy, um, and and to get interest off of what they did and build it bigger and bigger. And it's not necessarily a bad thing if we could look at that and say, well, how can we emulate that in Web3? Like what models and things can we create that do the same thing? Because it's really a beautiful thing to create legacy. Like it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's not evil or bad, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, and this is my opinion about that. I think to really build a true, true legacy that people can use the NFTs as a way to help their resources to build a community, but then take some of the, the resources from the NFTs and look at real world application to it. Um, if that means putting it into stocks, if that means investing in a business, um, whatever that means for whatever person's situation, I think it's going to come from people combining both worlds. Um, I'm not really a big advocate of people pinching holding themselves, you know, into I'm only going to leave it in this and I'm only going to depend on secondary sales. But again, that's just my opinion. It doesn't mean that other ways are wrong. I just feel like personally to give the best shot at the legacy surviving is to set up multiple streams of income. I know that's going down a rabbit hole, but I'll touch it just a moment. Um, that means, you know, as they're generating some different sales and NFTs to make sure that they're looking at, okay, now, now that I can survive, now that, you know, I can feed my family, now that I can do this, what can I do while still working with NFTs? But what can I do in the real world of where I'm at to start setting up income for my family? You know, so it gives them the resources for that. Because now if you want to do that, you either have to hit the lottery or you have to land a high paying job or, you know, or maybe you get lucky and, you know, get big on a social platform to where you're getting advertising money or something. I mean, in other words, it is it, it, not available for most people. It, it's just not. That's the that's the reality of it. And well, so, and you hear so many people making it big with NFTs, but that's not necessarily everybody. It's definitely not everybody. I, I feel like that's a misconception. I don't feel like the majority is making it big like that. Yeah, it's like the um, board board ape effect. You know, like everybody thinks that you know if they make an NFT, it's going to make them, you know, millions of dollars overnight, kind of thing. Right. And one thing I want to point out to people is this. Um, a lot of the a lot of the people who are making that kind of money, a lot of them already had money and they're spending money. They're spending tons of money on 
whether it's marketing or getting influencers or doing whatever else, or, you know, or paying people or giving or giving away these these uh, crypto giveaways to get more people to buy their project. So a lot of people are already coming in with resources. And so this is what I was referring to earlier when I mentioned that there was this like elitist um, part of the NFT world that's going on that I absolutely don't like, but hey, it is what it is. You, you know, it's capitalism. So, But it's in everything. Uh, it, it's in everything, absolutely. right? I mean, everybody is, is pointing out some of that happening in NFTs. Like you started at the beginning of our interview together talking about rug pulls where, you know, all of a sudden all the money disappears and, you know, somebody's been had, if you will, right? Um, that always existed before. So it's, it's kind of interesting that um, people want to say anything to do with cryptocurrency or nft it's all funny money it's it's just a you know i i can't be bothered with that it's it's just a, a place where people are just going to lose tons of money because you know it, it's not real and you know people lo lost tons of money in a lot of other capitalistic applications yes. <laughs> before it's just you know they're they just want to put to basically pull the rug out of the idea that this could be something solid. A absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right on that. I mean, from the Bernie Madoff stuff to, you know, it's, it's always been scams going on since the history of time. You know? Exactly. Like the fire festival and, you know, there's all kinds of hyped events that never came to fruition. There's like you're saying, Bernie Madoff and, you know, so your, your Ponzi schemes, they've always existed. They've always existed. And, and in fact, some of the things that, you know, some of the marketing of like creating funnels and selling, you know, eBooks and selling masterminds and all these different things, I've seen some of those things and they're crap too. You know, like I feel like, yeah. you know, you, someone says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to send you, you know, this kit and you're going to be able to make X amount of dollars off of it. And it's just garbage. Like it happens yes. everywhere. Sorry. I mean to go <laughs> off on a tangent. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel you on that. And, the, and don't forget the pyramid schemes that the MLM scheme, you know, schemes. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, but this could be and something I, really good. And I, I think you have to look at it and, and be smart, right? Like you have to you have to analyze it. You can't listen to what other people are saying. You have to do the research into to EtherCard, see what they're doing and, um, you know, show up in rooms and listen to people and follow them for a period of time and look for consistency in their work. No? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's incredible, you know, when you're saying people do their research. And one thing I would add to that for people is, don't make a decision based on desperation or greed. Um, that's one of the principles that I live by, um, it, which is if I'm feeling, you know, emotional about a situation, I, I won't go into it. I don't care who says is a good, a good opportunity, you know, when it can be, uh, you know, I mean, it's okay to be excited. Don't get me wrong, but coming from a balanced place where it's like, okay, you know what? I like this. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a chance in this. And there's certain principles people can use, like, don't put all your money into something. You know what I mean? Like, like only put into something what you can afford to lose. Um, I mean, of course, that's not 
all the time, but these are just some basic principles that people can do to try to protect themselves, especially, you know, whether it's NFTs or stocks or whatever else they're doing. I think the general principles apply here too. I agree. And and start small. You know, you were talking about stay away from any business decision that's based on desperation and greed. Well, also, I would add anything based on a freebie, because more often than not, there's some um, psychological game that's being played when you buy into that freebie type of deal. Um, where maybe your credentials are attached to something that you don't really want to be attached to. So I would say that too. Absolutely. That's a very, very incredible point. (laughs) Steve, you're just amazing. I'm I'm really, (laughs) you're making me feel like a million dollars. That's that motivational speaker in you. (laughs) Um, You know, as as we're closing this, um, I would love to... You know, you're you're in the middle of building the plane while flying it with NFTs for Freedom. If you could look at it uh, when this is done and you're on to uh, doing the next project, like what would be the the perfect case scenario for you with NFTs for Freedom? Like what what is the dream that it will look like for you? I would say the dream is that when right now when someone say that they heard about NFTs is usually through someone they know or Gary V. It would be nice if it was like, I found out about NFTs either through someone I know, Gary V, or this NFT documentary. I know that's a tall order, but it's so much in that statement. It's so much in that statement. So, and also the joy that's gonna be on people's faces when they all know that they were a part of something big, you know, like uh, all the different people participating, you know, and, and, and yes, they'll get a percentage of the, of the primary sales, but it's like, what's even bigger than that. It's just the joy that they were a part of something because most people are not a, a part of a bigger projects. They're, they're mostly, you know, independent artists or one-on-one artists or photographers. And just to say like, wow, we were a part of that. We helped make that happen. That that's priceless to me. That's a dream fulfilled, and and for all of us to be in a position to say, okay, let's work on the next thing. Now, we got this behind us. We've accomplished it. You know, you know, for all the soothsayers that said this is this is a stupid project. You you know, you no, know, you have to do like a, a you know, a, a animation or. You know, all those different opinions of what a project is supposed to look like. Keep in mind, the space is still new, <laughs> but but there are people who are all knowing and, you know, it's like your project is supposed to be a derivative of this or that. I mean, the, it's, it's going to be great that we can actually make a project work that was based on community, that was based on, you know, we, we all have a dream of wanting a better world. And being able to do that, that's what that dream will look like to see that happen. That's so beautiful. I'm I'm definitely ending on that note because that's like a drop the mic moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. This was just so great to have you on Culture Factor and to learn about NFTs for freedom. Um, I will um, obviously put everything in the show notes. I will ask everybody to follow 
um, follow along, follow us, follow the project. Um, you're amazing. I, I can't thank you enough for bringing me into it. I'm really excited to also be a part of NFTs for Freedom. So thanks for... Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought me in. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you.